0: Welcome to the In My Defense Podcast. It is I, your host, Christian, and happy October, folks. We've been doing this for almost two months now. That's crazy to me. You guys have no idea how long I've been wanting to do something like this. And the fact that I am nine episodes in truly shocks me. I am here because of all the haters out there, all you who said I couldn't do it. I proved you wrong. That's a lie. No one said I couldn't do this. Everyone was totally behind me 100%. In fact, there's more reasons why I shouldn't be doing a podcast than there are reasons why I should be. But let's not talk about that at the moment. Uh, Hi, guys. We are here to bring on another terrific guest and give them a chance to geek out on a subject of their choice. Before I tell you about my guest, uh, let me share a fun fact. I should have thought about this ahead of time. Uh, I'm going to come up. Okay, here's one. The line about Superman from Aunt May in the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie boggles my mind every single week. I have major problems with that one line of dialogue and if anybody ever wants to talk about it please let me know in my defense podcast at gmail.com But anyways, this week on the show We have Stephanie Ray If you haven't heard of Stephanie Ray I'm sure you will one day Stephanie is a fantastic improviser She is involved with the Black Improv Alliance She's been doing so much great work Into introducing new improvisers into the community And she really brung it this episode, folks She is someone that you definitely want to listen to And I'm not going to waste too much more of your time Let's get right into the show I am here with one of my friends, Stephanie Ray. Say hi to everybody, Stephanie.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: (laughs) And uh, Stephanie is here so that we can talk about improv. Now, um, why do you want to talk about improv?
1: I love it. I spend an absurd amount of my time (laughs) focused on it, um, and I'm really passionate about educating people about it, especially Black people.
0: Yeah. yeah, For anybody who hasn't heard me say it, just yet, if I, if I said it in the intro or not, uh, Stephanie is an improviser, a fantastic improviser, involved with a, with a, at l- at least a couple groups, I think, uh, in teaching improv and spreading it around the community. Um, I'm also an improviser, which has been brought up a couple times on episodes before. Uh, is there what what is it specifically about improv? I like. I think I have an answer to this, so I might go first, um, but. For me, I think we're both storytellers. We both love stories, and we love the the art of storytelling. And for me personally, when it comes to improv, the the ability to do that in a very short amount of time and off the top of your head is really impressive to me when I see other people do it. Which is probably one of the main reasons why I like appreciate improv on a level. Like I also appreciate movies and books and short stories and poetry and all that kind of stuff. What about you?
1: Yeah. Um- I totally agree. I think that the skills you learn and hone in improv are so applicable to absolutely everything else. I seriously started getting into improv when I was in law school and definitely saw how those skills made me um, a better student in trial practice class and more confident just um, in negotiation, in discussing case law with my classmates. I think that learning to think on your feet quickly and have confidence in public speaking um those are skills that are going to be helpful for anybody doing anything besides the fact that it's just a ton of fun it really is also very applicable to anything that you might be doing yeah, and uh depending on
0: whoever's listening to this depending on how familiar they are with improv i think when most people talk about it they're talking about like improv comedy things we've seen like uh, whose Lines it anyway which is a show that i grew up watching um You say you started in law school. Like, what was your introduction to it? Was it just kind of like a a technique to help you get better at doing this job, or
1: so? I mean, i've I've always been a pretty confident public speaker, and the first person to volunteer to do the presentation, et cetera. So it wasn't that I was like, "Oh God, I need to learn to talk in front of people." Um, I actually stumbled into improv very serendipitously. I was bidding on. different potential prizes for the social justice auction at Georgetown, that's um, where I went to law school. So they had a yearly fundraiser where they would get companies to make donations and then they had a silent auction. So I was just like, eh, I'm gonna bid the minimum bid on everything and get whatever I get. So one of the things I bid on was a certificate for Improv 101 at the Washington Improv Theater. I think the minimum bid was like 15 bucks and it was worth 200 something dollars. So I was like, whatever. And nobody else bid. And I won. and was like, OK, I have this thing. I guess I will go. Um, and and I loved it. I fell in love. So got the first class for 15 bucks. And after that, was just like, OK, take all my money. Um, but it was it was just. It was a lot of fun and it was really nice to have a safe space to be ridiculous and silly after reading case law all all day and being preoccupied about whether or not this person we were working with uh, through the Innocence Project was going to be killed on death row before we could get someone to intervene and like all these heavy thoughts. And then I would go to improv class and it'd be like, we're all kittens. And it's a bunch of adults crawling around the room meowing. Like my spirit just needed that to balance the other things I was dealing with. Uh, before then, did you, did
0: were you a fan of comedy? Were you like, how was it casual for you or had you had you seen Improv perform previously?
1: A little bit. I was a fan of Who's Line. Wayne Brady, greatest of all time. I stand for him. And I had done a little bit of improv in high school drama club, but nothing serious. And I didn't really know anything about long form.
0: I think yeah, I think that's pretty common. Um, I, yeah, I was a big fan of Wayne Brady. He was always my favorite part of that show growing up. Growing up, and I think Who's Line was one of the only outlets for seeing uh that style of comedy done right because like mo- i think a lot of comedians today a lot of co- comedic actors and people that, that that are well known in the world started out doing improv at like those major schools in new york and chicago and la and it's not something that we see uh that we, well up until Hussein, it wasn't something that people saw too often or were like really super familiar with the only the only improv i was ever familiar with was the name of a comedy club right the, the comedy club franchise all throughout like for me i had started doing improv cuz i had already been doing stand up and when after taking a long break and i want to get back into it i just kind of like showed up to open mic nights and saw uh, an improv group doing their thing so i did to join with them and and it's kind of like all it's just all down all uphill all downhill i'm not quite sure just yet <laughs> um, but yeah I, I just love it cuz I, I, I hated always hated homework. I hated <laughs> I always hated having to plan ahead of time. Even like whenever I get a chance to act, I always hated like the rehearsals in the lead up to a show. And I just wanted to do the show itself. And improv was just really great because you can just get right into it. Are, are there any like aspects of it like of of improv that you really appreciate, like when it comes to the art itself?
1: I particularly love narrative improv. I really enjoy long form that tells a story and has fully fleshed out characters, a beginning, middle, and end. Um, I like plot. I like for things to happen. I've seen some very critically acclaimed improv groups where people don't do a whole lot and it's just that's not my favorite style. Um I like watching things happen. So I really love narrative. Oh, and I love musical. Musical is my passion. Is my number one. Like tell me that there is musical improv happening and I'm like, "Okay, bye. I'm I'm there. I'm into it."
0: No, yeah, it's great and then like obviously it helps having that love for storytelling, right? Because there's different kinds of improv just like there's different types of stand up and all different kinds of comedy and you can you can you can do all those older styles into a web but when you're doing a narrative when you're trying to tell a story and you're aware of how a story works which is is just it's a piece of knowledge to have whenever you're in any kind of art whether it's like filmmaking or tv writing screenplays uh regular plays all that kind of stuff like it's always good to know how a story works and it makes you better at The process and even with improv right because when you're doing a scene with somebody and nobody knows where you're starting off with it's good to know okay if we're telling a story then this is where the turn happens right this is this is the part of a story where we where we both realize something should happen something exciting should happen and when people are doing that off the top of their heads just because both all parties involved are Fully aware of how a story works, it's actually a really beautiful thing. It's super impressive to see when you're sitting in the theater and you're watching people do it off the top of their heads. And with musical improv, it's all the more amazing because they're all throwing another skill on top of that. But it's even them also being aware of the tropes, the regular tropes that are involved in storytelling and in, in, in musicals that we see most of the time. Where like whenever somebody says a really dramatic line, that's when the musical starts. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I just throw it out there. um But yeah, it's always really impressive. Do you have any like uh, heroes in improv since you started doing it or people that you really appreciate seeing like other than Wayne Brady, who we both agree is like really amazing?
1: Yes, Um, I'm a big fan of Aisha Tyler. Who is, you know, not as well known for improvising since she's done a lot of like hosting. I think she hosted The Soup for a long time. Yeah, she um, but, took
0: over as host for Who's Line for for a while. Yeah, time, right?
1: yeah. So I I actually didn't know she was an improviser until I saw her in Who's Line. I was like, oh, she does that too. Um, some of a big fan of hers. Namdi Nuige is uh, a friend and uh, and mentor, inspiration. Definitely someone I really really admire in the improv community. Jay Suko. I, um, love, love, love playing with and really look up to. I'm like, gosh, there, there are so many people, um, Bala out of improv comedy, Bangalore, Laxmi, um, out of that, that same community as well. Like, uh, Michelle Gilliam, improv, MKE, Ty Coleman, um, Blue, Colette. There's like, I, I'm, I, I could list improvisers that I admire for in the entire hour, so <laughs> I'll, I will stop there. But uh, if you go to my Facebook page, I'm constantly like praising the people that I look up to. That's what we're here for. We're here to geek out. Yeah, um,
0: and like you just named like a bunch of black improvisers. I'm sad to say that like I I probably couldn't name half half a list that long when it came to like really well known black improvisers in the country. Like I think. I can only really name like wayne brady and then maybe like keegan michael key and and i got kind of ashamed of myself about that um because i think that's i think that's one problem with the improv community (laughs) or like in a in a nutshell just like it's not it's not a very diverse thing i think that's one of the reasons why improv doesn't um appeal to as large an audience as one might see because it's not it's not really something that's very accessible when it comes to actually performing it for a lot of for a lot of groups of people like i know the only reason i was able to take any classes at all is because the school i went to did like an internship so mm. i didn't actually have to pay the afforded classes but yeah it's tricky when you have to pay 350 bucks for a nine-week course and it, yeah. <laughs> and it makes it really hard for people to for for just everybody to get involved um sad to say uh, but you, but you, but that's something you've actually been working on fixing.
1: With yes. The, yeah. So, um, I run the Black Improv Alliance, and we have kickstarted a couple of different programs this year. The one that I'm most proud of that is also the most work is the 100 Black Improvisers Partnership, which at this point is going to be a whole lot more than 100, which is lovely. um, And we're very excited about that. So basically the objective um, is to partner with theaters, to offer scholarships to Black people who are interested in getting into improv to get at least 100 more Black people into this form by July 2021. So we started out having pledged 50 on our side and hoping that we'd get maybe 10 theaters to pledge five scholarships and we get to 100. Uh, At this point, the list is closer to 50 theaters from all around the world. So we are really reassessing our outreach efforts. Like, okay, so these are a lot more scholarships than we anticipated, which is wonderful, fantastic, amazing. So we're really expanding um, our efforts to to find people to take these classes and to get them to understand here's what improv is and here's why it will be valuable to you and what you will take away from it so we are really excited to have this opportunity to expose so many more people to improv than we ever imagined we'd be able to and and it's been very exciting too to see um just the reactions of the theater owners so, enthusiastic about really diversifying their theaters and and really hungry to to bring more black people into their spaces so that that's been really exciting too
0: yeah it feels like one of those things that it's mind-boggling why it hasn't been done before or like why it's not like an obvious choice to reach out to as many people as possible um i i firmly believe improv is something that everybody should do like everyone should take a class right if if you have the opportunity if you're if you're able to do it everyone should take a class people who can offer classes should do what they can to to make it as uh, accessible as possible to uh for other people to bring them in because i truly believe that improv makes you a it's you're not a better person because you do improv, but it, doing improv gives you the opportunity to be a good to be a better person. Just like the whole tenets of, uh, improv acting are you know you have to be open to different ideas, you have to be listening to the people that you're working with. It is it, it's very very difficult to have the to do improv and also like we all know improv assholes. We all know people who do improv and are still assholes about it, but it's like an active it takes like an active effort to do improv with somebody to work to work as a team to work together uh to tell these stories and then also be a dick i, I think uh is 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 that is that what you've seen from like, your point of view so far
1: yeah i have definitely come across some improv assholes <laughs> uh <laughs> at at different levels of how far they've gone um and i i feel that for you know, the most part, I have addressed the things that needed to be addressed and and move forward. But definitely, um, despite the fact that this is largely a very positive and supportive community, you get people who sneak in and do not have good intentions or much self-control. Um, and that, that actually is something I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about and discussing ways to empower people to respond to things that should not happen anywhere, not just in improv, but because the root of improv is yes and, and you're encouraged to agree, agree, agree when someone says or does something awful, sometimes inexperienced players feel like, oh, okay, well, that was super sexist, racist, transphobic terrible uh but i have to yes and it so i guess i can't call them out and that is not the case yes and means acknowledging this is the reality and this thing happened but you absolutely can be like okay stop that was horrific and we're going to address it and i would love to see more people feeling empowered to do that
0: yeah yeah like you never want to like uh i think the average person is pretty aware of that rule where yes and is pretty common it's one of the first things people hear when they uh hear people talking about improv but yeah you're absolutely right like just because yes and is meant for don't be negative don't uh, be open to new ideas and be willing to build off of the ideas that are introduced to you um but if once it gets to a point where people are feeling uncomfortable if something feels wrong to you um I mean, even even if you're thinking as a as a character, if your character feels like this is wrong, your character is fit free to acknowledge that the point was made, but then deny it because it's not. It was not right. It's totally. It's something that you could take in another way that help. or improv just helps you in your daily life is it's something that can you can take into your real life. You can you can actively work against people, bringing that kind of negativity into your life, and 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 still build off of it. Still work on a way to make things better and to maybe educate someone along the line. It's, yeah, it's just something that I really love about, I really love about theater and improv and just like all these kind of artsy artsy endeavors that people can take onto because um, we're living in a time right now where people have less access to that stuff more than ever. The Black Improv Alliance, but uh, a bunch of other theaters are doing shows online all the time now to m- to make sure that as many people can see these shows. And I highly recommend that people check them out. Um, usually, when people do- are doing live shows online, they also record them so you can find them on YouTube later on. And and they're just and they're just really great because these are people who are bring are bringing that effort that th- usually you can only say for about maybe like a few dozen people sitting in a small theater. And it's an experience that people have and they kind of like walk away from it and never think about it ever again. Well, especially I don't know exactly where I'm going with this just yet, but uh, when it comes to the experience itself, I think everyone who watches improv or performs improv can probably take a piece of it and kind of like hold on to it and, and really think about what it took to bring it to that level. Right? Every time I see a show now, with the training that I've had, it's like, oh, I see what that person's doing. I see they're, they're, they're doing really, co- they're doing a really cool thing, and. If we're on the same page, they're going to bring it back around to this point in a, in a, in a couple minutes, and it's, and it's going to blow everybody's minds, which is a really cool experience, whether you're sitting in the audience or whether you're sitting on stage for it. And the process, knowing the process of how you get to that point is really a lot of fun, which is part of the reason what this show is for, right? It's for us geeking out about those moments and, and showing other people who may not be more familiar with it to uh really think about it for a few minutes uh yeah. is, there, is there any aspect of improv that like uh like what what's a, what's like a really thing that blows your mind every time you see an improv show or every time you perform improv something that uh something about improv that really turned it into something that you really loved other than just like how fun it is to do because it is a lot of fun people it's a it's a lot of fun <laughs> that everything should everybody should do
1: I really love to see people with amazing memories who can hold on to something that they did 40 minutes ago and then bring it back seamlessly. And I'm like, oh, I forgot that even happened. But now I remember it now that you're doing it again. Uh, I really admire people who are good at accents and in an authentic and not offensive way because some people use accents in ways that they should not try to. But I have also seen people do really high-quality accent work that deepens their characters and makes me honestly feel like I'm watching one person play several several different people authentically. TJ and Dave out of Chicago, you know, they're super yeah. well-known, renowned. Obviously, they're superstars. Um, but the first time I saw them in person, I was just mind-blown. Like, people can do this? Who are these superheroes? So that, that really inspired me. And I also enjoy seeing people who use their space and their bodies and have really great physicality. That is not a strength of mine. I am the queen of the dreaded 11. I will stand still next to someone and have a conversation and will have to actively remind myself, oh, move move your body, (laughs) use your space. So I, I have improved a lot in that arena, but it doesn't come naturally to me the way that some people just get out there and and own the space in a very fluid way. So those those are things I always look for and am inspired by.
0: It's always been really cool to me how people can use all those different techniques to and like every everyone has a specialty. Right. Like TJ and Dave can do can do really good voice work. And then there are people who are just like really physical actors and can get a lot across with not a lot of words, but still like get get. You can still tell what their character is feeling just by how they stand, how they how they look. Um, One of my favorite aspects, one of my favorite things to do whenever I'm performing is just kind of like faces i i just i just want to react to my face without ever actually saying anything like uh, there's always a lot of nonsense that happens on stage and a lot of people say some really weird things and i think you can get a lot across when you're just like silent for a few seconds and just be like
1: what (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is a lot of fun i um Oh, I I was just going to say on, on physicality as well. I love watching David Hepburn play, you know, David, he is, he is such a physical player. I have seen him literally hang from, I don't know if I'd call it the rafters, but like a piece of wood that was nailed into the ceiling at a stage. Like he's gotten into the audience and crawled around messing with people's shoelaces, stuff that would never have crossed my mind to do that. Everybody loved things that were so hilarious. So I really, I really love playing with him and watching him play because I know he's going to do something with his body and with the space that's going to be amazing. And that would never occur to me as an option.
0: Which is a really it's just a thing that you can't really do in most other mediums, right? Because like improv. Uh, thrives off of breaking the rules. Like once you've established, like what are these things that people do, all right, and and then and then the best thing you can do is, all right, now how do I break that rule? How do I stop that and still. Tell, tell a story in a meaningful way, and the idea of going like performing on stage and then going into the audience and messing around with the audience isn't really something you can get away with when you're performing a script that has been rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed, unless that's an actual part of it. Uh, but you'll never see you'll you'll ne- you'll very very rarely see uh, breaking the fourth wall and that ha- like that happen in movies or video games or whatever other kind of like medium that you're absorbing a story from. And that's another great thing about improv, right, is the audience interaction, the fact that just by sitting in the crowd, you are having an effect on what you see on stage. Um, It's just a very, very strong community-driven form of of art.
1: Yes, I've actually started to recently get more into interactive theater, which is... It's called interactive theater, but it's largely improv based because in order for it to be interactive, the performer has got to be prepared to think on their feet and respond to what's happening. I just finished an interactive show with uh, Phoenix Tears, which was called Recovery, and I played a memory that the audience could interact with. So the memory would play through the first time and then the audience could stop us and ask questions of the memory because they were trying to gain information that they needed to share with the person to whom the memory belonged. So that was that was a lot of fun. I got to design my character and interact directly with the audience in some really cool ways. So that's, that's something I'm hoping to do more of, interactive theater. I actually signed up for two shows this month one is called jury duty it's an english online interactive show where i believe i'll be a member of a jury trying to solve a murder case and looking at facts so kind of like murder mystery dinner theater i think if you've ever done something like that i believe it'll be similar to that and then another one that i'm like oh boy um it is a phone call. The whole show is a phone call. It's called Claws. From my understanding, the premise is it's like a 16-year-old boy that believes he has a monster in his closet, but maybe he is the monster, and I I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I have it haven't had it yet. I have a friend who did it. Um, my friend Mallory, who directed the interactive show "Recovery," actually that that loved it and raved over it. So I'm excited, but also a little creeped out. Like the idea that a whole show could be a phone call from a stranger is just mind-blowing. So I don't know anything about it yet, but I'm excited to see, to hear, I guess, how that goes. That's, uh, that's
0: probably um that's that's the that's a tenet of improv right i don't know what it's going to be i don't know what it's going to sound like but we'll see how we'll we'll see how it goes when it starts off um that's super interesting though like the idea like the the idea of actively because usually for improv shows for anyone who might not have been is you know the audience might give up a word or when prompted they'll they'll throw they'll throw out like an answer to a question that somebody might ask them and they will and then then the, the actors will use that prompt to uh, plant a seed and and build a scene from that. The idea of the audience being able to—it's a lot of trust to do a show like that. Like I'm thinking about the Strangers Call or like you acting out a dream. It's putting a lot of trust in an audience to, uh, to 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 ask questions and to it's instant feedback, which I really appreciate. Right, like it's 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 engaging for one. Yeah, it's super engaging. So like the audience is encapsulated by what's happening on stage but the idea of them being able to actively, you can testify this for sure, but like, I'm assuming that because you're acting out the dream, whatever continues forth is totally based on whatever questions that people are asking you, right?
1: Yes, exactly. We're directly responding to what they've asked. And and then if there's a lull in the conversation, we pick back up with the scripted portion of where we were going, but we stop and and directly address whatever the audience wants to talk about. And it may just turn into a conversation for the entire time.
0: Yeah. So even if, so even if you have an idea of where you want it to go, one good question from an audience member might like change that whole up for the rest of the night.
1: Yes, and and it's different with every crowd. Some of them were very interactive with the questions. Some were a little bit more shy. We had one particular group that was really focused on the fact that uh, the person whose memories we were revealing was a singer. So instead of asking about the things that were really relevant to the plot, they were like, oh, who are her favorite singers? What does she like to sing? What kind of singer is she? (laughs) And then when they ended up interacting with that character, they had her sing. And she is really a singer and has an amazing voice but it was totally irrelevant to the plot and the mystery they were trying to solve <laughs> so it was just kind of a fun non-sequitur that became a thing it's like whatever we're on this now this is what's happening <laughs> right
0: <laughs> and uh and this was online of course i wanted like i want to ask like i haven't really been feeling performing online i've had the opportunity and not really been up for it i i like i really love being on a stage and i really love the instant feedback you get, like, even if the audience isn't saying anything, I really love knowing how you're doing immediately, right, when the audience is there. Has it been for you doing doing these shows online compared to,
1: like, doing them on stage? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I love it. People tend to love or hate online improv, In in my experience discussing it, I love it. I hope it never goes away. I hope that it will continue when the world reopens. It's been particularly special for me because it has allowed me to connect with Black improvisers in a way that I have never been able to before recent times. Uh, So it's actually been a true silver lining to a lot of crappiness going on in the world right now that I've been able to meet virtually and connect with Black improvisers from literally all over the world, improvisers of color from all over the world, um, and and just make new improv friends from everywhere. I'm getting ready to teach a workshop for Improv Comedy Liverpool later this month. I have made some very, very close friends from Improv Comedy Bangalore in India. Uh, One of my close musical improv friends lives in Canada. I have been playing a lot with folks out of huge theater in minnesota and people out of baltimore and just all over so i've really loved being able to get together and do shows without having to be in the same physical space yeah it's hard and you can't 11 when everyone's on a screen yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know if i explained it but 11 for anyone that's not familiar is just when two people are standing next to each other not moving too much just because they look like a one and a one um No, but yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. Like it's, it's, I've been able to do improv with people online and practice with different groups, but yeah, like, uh, if, if, unless I'm, unless I'm needed emergency wise, I, unless, unless I'm needed for a show, I've been able to, uh, like, uh, yeah, the online things just wasn't for me. So like more power to anybody who can actually like do it and sets it, sets up like people are setting up sets behind themselves and, and. It's it's so amazing that this that this uh this art form this performance art has been able to adapt so well to the world that's been happening.
1: Don't don't get me wrong. I've seen some crappy online improv for sure. I I do not always enjoy people on screens pretending that they're in the same place. Like bruh, y'all have completely different backgrounds. You are in different buildings. It's very obvious. Like you are not together right now. But. I have I have done some improv which doesn't address the conventions of Zoom. With um, International Players Club is is the newest Black Improv Alliance team that is Black improvisers from all over the place, and there's just so much fun and joy playing with that team that it really hasn't mattered that we're not in the same space. Uh, same thing with Wakanda versus Everybody. We've been doing shows online and one of the really beautiful things about being online has been that recently we have been able to play with actual pianists we've had musical directors we did a show with unscrewed theater where they had their md play with us and she was absolutely amazing Uh, we did some we did a a show with the inner city long form and musical improv jam where faustino the guy who runs that played with us and then he played with played with us again for uh, a performance in uh, the, black Improc- the, the black impact the black impact 2 fundraiser so to have an actual pianist playing music for us has been phenomenal we've always done our performances a cappella because of necessity because we just didn't have a pianist but we wanted to do musicals so we would just do what we could with our voices and clapping and stomping and whatever you know we we could do on our own but having someone on keys elevates musical performance in a way that i cannot express in words it just truly makes it magical so that's that's been a really wonderful thing
0: yeah Yeah. i'm incredibly impressed like from the stuff that i have seen of you guys just being able to get through all that with the the wall that tech puts up just like getting through uh just natural delays in conversation and being able to like make minimize that as much as possible like it's like chef's kiss almost (laughs) The, the level because like yeah those 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 bad shows do exist and um un- unfortunately like the one one of the things about improv is that improv is is easy to do because it hasn't been a lot necessary to actually do it like once once you get through once you get through classes and all that then you, you just need people on stage and everything else is done with our imagination but because we live in the world that we live in now and everything is done through the screen uh Bringing in tech and backgrounds and music and and all this kind of stuff really, it's it's uh, whatever the, whatever the phrase is that my brain is farting on me right now for. I know but, what you mean. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: We're able to we're able to use our imaginations to bring these things to life, but then the the then the tech is able to enhance those things all the more. Um, but with that tech there, it also makes it more difficult for people to do. So anybody who can do it, anybody who can do it well, is uh just incredible in my in, in, in my like the the stuff that you're doing the stuff that I've seen other folks doing is amazing and blows my mind every time I see it. Thank you. When it comes to performing uh it, do you have any, like, really cool memories or any, like, stories that stick out? Like, one of the things about improv for me is, like, whenever you do something really cool, whenever you do something really cool, whenever you see someone else do something really cool on stage, it tends to stick with you. Is there anything anything like that that, sticks with, that has stuck with you for a long time? Any cool, like, weird stories or moments that, uh, that, hap- that happened that you saw that, like, oh, wow, I, this is gonna- <laughs> I just saw something that will never happen again?
1: Sure. Just recently, actually, a performance that Wakanda versus everybody did for this was for the black impact two fundraiser. The one that I mentioned, the Faustino played for us was actually one of my favorite sets that we've done. So I have been playing with, um, Alex Taylor and David Hepburn for about two years now. We just recently were joined by Stefan Duncan. She is so incredibly talented and just such a great fit. I was I was really thrilled with the way that because we had played together a little bit before, but I just felt like the way that we really gelled and connected and I could see her even through a screen reading my mind for the moves that I wanted to happen. We had one group scene, all four of us together, where... David and I were having a conversation and Stefan interrupted and I was like telling her to leave, but I didn't really want her to leave. It was kind of the character dynamic and she totally got it and was doing this really funny thing with camera work. And then Alex came in and he and David had a different dynamic. And then we moved into a song, which we usually transition. um into fully so that we're no longer those characters when we do a song but this time we stayed in character for the song which was totally appropriate and kind of what I wanted to happen we didn't talk about it but it happened and we all were just on the same page like okay this is what we're doing and it was just a really beautiful moment of kismet and team chemistry that that clicked to make this scene which no one could have predicted exactly what I would have wanted it to be if I'd had an opportunity to write it so that felt really good.
0: Yeah, like those moments, like that's the thing that I don't think people really uh, appreciate enough when they see a show on stage is that what you see when you go see an improv show is something that will never happen again for the rest of time, most likely. Like every story you ever seen somebody improvise on stage is something is a moment that is only for that one audience and something that they will never see Ever right? Because I, I don't know about you, but when, whenever I'm doing a show and I see something really cool, it's like, and it, whether I'm in it or not, it's like, wow, that was amazing. I wish I could have done it. I will never be able to do it again. I will actively stay away from that for the rest of my life whenever I perform because that that moment has it now. They they've earned they've earned it, or whether it's in the scene like it's like, wow, the, I did something really cool, and I'll never be able to do it again.
1: Oh, a hundred percent, actually the show that i did last night is called big day all alone it's a fully improvised online musical which fully addresses the conventions of zoom the premise is that someone is experiencing a big event so far we've done a home birth in our first show last week and last night we had a wedding where we live in the world that we live in now, and so all of the interactions take place over Zoom. And when the characters get to a moment where the feelings are just too big to express through conversation, they start to sing. And we have Bryson, our brilliant pianist on keys, creating incredible songs, and it it is just Every night I am, I'm I mind blown and I log off with the song still playing in my head and running back like, oh, and then that came together and these people knew each other and I didn't even know that they knew each other. And then at the end, we had a callback with this thing. And I'm just amazed. I'll rewatch feeling like this is like a movie. How, how did this happen without planning at first? But when you get a group of experienced improvisers together, you just can see each other's moves in such a way that it, it will come out looking like it was planned, even though it happened absolutely in that moment. And I, I just love that feeling.
0: And as much as you want to do it again, it can never happen again.
1: Yes. Yes. Like, ah, that, Yeah, there are so many moments that I want to relive. I'm like, let's let's do that scene over. (laughs) No, it's gone. It's gone now
0: yeah it was like if it wasn't for the fact that i had that it requires homework i would make so many sketches out of improv (laughs) things that happen but i i hate homework and i hate having to write ahead of time and practice and rehearse like no you'll never get that moment back again it was a it was a magic it was a magical thing that happened when several people went on stage together at the same time and and they created something they created they created a story that was like oscar worthy 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 of awards are there improv awards i don't know if there are improv awards or like national thing but that's a thing that needs to happen
1: (laughs) it is actually on my long-term to-do list um i do plan at some point in the future to establish the bradys they don't exist yet but as far as i'm concerned we'll have the the b got the brady (laughs) what is it brady emmy grammy oscar tony yeah so the bradys i intend to make the premier improv awards Probably five, mm. five, ten years down the road. Yeah, I'm going to get this episode out to Wayne Brady. We're going to work <laughs> <Please>. something out. <laughs> Listen, Wayne Brady, if you hear this, holler at me, call me. Not in like a weird romantic way, but just I think that we could be really good friends and make beautiful productions together. So <laughs> let's talk. We have mutual <laughs> friends. Like we would get along. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> where, where, where do you see? Also, well, you see improv going to a point where it gets to award shows and all this kind of stuff. Um. What do, you, what do you think of the community now as, as it is? Like you're, you're making these major cha- you're ma- working on making these major changes to the industry. Um, I don't know if you can call it that, but like just because of the times we live in, we see a lot of improv theaters are closing, a lot of major theaters like IO theater closed. And we're also seeing like a bunch of like um, major problems coming up to surface involved with like uh, theaters in LA and New York and Chicago. Like what's what's your stance on where that is right now?
1: I think that change is good. I think that there are a lot of small lesser known theaters that are working really hard and doing amazing work. I think that this online era is a great time to highlight that because you can take a class with a theater in Charlotte while living in Miami. And I I love being able to study with and learn from people all over the world and realizing, oh man, like this, I'm, I am really getting a ton from this and I never would have had this kind of access if I would have had to get on a plane and physically go to that space. So especially seeing the way that those opportunities are opening up, I do not mourn the losses that have occurred. I think there are some changes that needed to happen and I Think that what's built in the aftermath is going to be better.
0: Yeah, I think I agree. It's like um, ones the people who are failing now are people who weren't as hungry. I see. I see the same thing you see, where like a lot of these smaller theaters and smaller groups are the ones that have really actively adapted to the situation. And they've also always been the ones who have been really open to bring on as many people as possible. Whereas these other places like the I.O. Theater, who yes, a lot of terrific comedians have come through in and out of their doors, but then they also like pushed away or shut down a bunch of other really great talent that could have gone to really great places. And because they weren't open, because they stuck to whatever tradition um that was ingrained in them from for all these years. Like they just kind of like fall apart and in these times where people need to really come together. Um it's it it, it goes to show like where the failures are have been and like where these systemic issues um really we're not having it anymore. It has things have to change and things have to die.
1: I have to shout out um the hideout theater in Austin, Texas, which has really become a giant part of my community. So funny, because I've never been to Texas, but they they are killing it online. They're running the musical show that I'm in. I'm in another show with them called Escape the Zoom, which is an improvised escape room. I've done their Sunday morning kids shows. They're teaching all kinds of narrative workshops. They have like a daily show. Hideout is producing so much online content. And I think they're starting to do like safe, socially distanced, backyard, small group improv classes too. So they in particular are a theater that I think has really adjusted to this changed environment in a way that has produced a lot of really, really great content.
0: Yeah, yeah. shout out to all the theaters that are doing this thing. Like, I, I do a lot of work with Villain Theater, and Villain Theater has been really doing a lot of really great queer-based comedy and really been open to bringing on other people from all over the world. They're doing three shows a week, different types of shows. Like, it's really, really cool, the kind of stuff that, it, like, all these really creative people are bringing to the table.
1: I have not had good experiences with Villain Theater, personally, so I'll I'll table that. <laughs> but I have had some friends have some horrific things happen there, so. Yeah. Yeah, well,
0: a lot of stuff has come to that. Some come to the light very recently, but uh, um, that. But I think Villain has talked about it, and 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 everyone's trying to do better. Uh, we all got to grow. We all have to. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna throw any I'm not gonna shove any of that in, into a closet like those, those are all things that people need to talk about and things that um, need to come out in the open if anyone's gonna actually grow from them and learn yeah which is which is the thing that improv is for improv is for like bringing people together and 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 making it so that when it's I, I, I like it's it's safe it's good to get out of your comfort zones in a way in a safe space Right. Because it's got to it's got to be done in a way where um, these ideas that people don't usually have uh, day, to day Well, these are the day, ideas that we all have, but don't really talk about out in the open. Right. I think that's what imp- I think that's what improv is really good for is um, taking moments that we all relate to. And and and. Sometimes laughing at them, but also just sometimes just talking about them, bringing mm-hmm. them out. Some of the some of the best improv I've ever seen has just been s- just strictly dramatic. It's just been people on stage together for forty five minutes, and it and it, and it's two people playing every member of a family, where and then and all these problems come to light, and then you're watching the show and you're just kind of like, oh wow, I just had that conversation with my father just the other day, uh, and th- those are those are the moments that are really really impactful and. I, th- I, th- I think whenever someone's watching a show like it doesn't just have to be straight funny we tell people all the time you've told people all the time where don't try to be funny yeah the hu- the humor is there when you reach out and you try to like do something relatable for the person right because we all laugh at those moments that we all share drama and comedy touch those same buttons in our in our personalities where it's just getting getting at the moment where where someone might feel uncomfortable and you're either yeah it's either going to make you cry or it's going to make you laugh, you know, but in a positive way, cry in a positive way, where it's like, it's cathartic.
1: I I love that. Yeah, I love the authenticity of improv, the vulnerability of it. I am so much more comfortable being vulnerable on stage than I am in like real life removed. But uh, absolutely, my authentic relationships are reflected in performance. And that's Part of what I love about the chemistry of Wakanda versus everybody is that we are friends. We genuinely like each other and enjoy one another. Same thing with International Players Club. Like we just genuinely are all so happy to be there with each other that I think it's infectious. I feel like you can feel that coming through the screen when you watch, like, oh, these, like, I'm here observing, but this is just a bunch of friends having a really good time being together. And that's how I feel. I'm like, if people click and watch, great, but I'm about to kick it with my people, and <laughs> I am so excited to get to do that.
0: Right, like, yeah, I think that's, that's that's one of the great things about it too. Like, even if even if we're performing for half a dozen people or six hundred people, right? I'm still having a good time doing this, and and I'm still I still like the place that I'm at, where uh, I'm happy. I'm 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 hanging out with my friends. We're 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 creating something wonderful together, and and there's and like there's really nothing better. I don't really care who's I don't really care who's watching anymore. I did this pod I did this podcast because. I want to have cool conversations with really cool people who can geek out about a thing that you can't really talk about all too often. Like you and me do improv all the time, but how much, how much do we actually get to like talk about
1: it? (laughs) I think that is one of the lessons that I have really had emphasized in my artistic journey as of late, that the very best thing you can do is create for the joy and the pleasure of creating and when you do that authentically your tribe will find you kind of that if you build it they will come people will be attracted to what you're doing but that when you create something out of a space of wanting to be liked wanting to get the views the clicks wanting to fill the seats and i've been guilty of that um that the art is just not not as good. It doesn't feel the same and it doesn't attract people the same. So I have found so much more joy in focusing on what is going to make me happy today? What do I want to do? And then, oh, wow, if a thousand people watch it, hey, that's amazing. If 10 people watch it, hey, that's amazing too, because I did it because I had a good time. So I can take that with me, no matter how other people respond to it. Yeah for the six people who are listening to this i appreciate every single one of you <laughs> right and and i am I'm, I'm glad i came i'm having a great conversation i'm getting a lot out of talking to you so i'm like whether or not people click i feel like this this fed me so i value that
0: yeah um ooh, i want to I let's get contentious uh <laughs> Well, uh, you did say that you had a preference for like long form improv, right? So is that is that does that always win out? I think they I think they complement each other really well. But when it, but versus like short form, which for anyone who might not know is you know the games that you see on Who's Line, uh, doing really short two three minute scenes, usually with some kind of a uh, mechanic involved, uh, versus long form, which is you know these long these narratives that can go anywhere from fifteen to an hour. Uh, fifteen to sixty minutes of people just telling one single story that may change throughout and might have its own mechanic involved. But uh, what, what, why, why the preference for long form when it comes to those two?
1: I, I love stories and characters and for things to happen. That's going to happen in long form far more often than short form. I also personally feel like for me to enjoy short form, it has to be excellent mediocre short form is, might as well just be terrible short form. I can watch a mediocre long form and still learn, okay, here are moves I would make differently. Here are things I really liked. You know, I feel like that story this person just told was very authentic and that was interesting to me. So I can still find things to love about a long form that might be objectively just okay. Also short form, I feel like, gets repetitive so much faster than long form does. Like I can only watch different groups of people play the same short form game so many times in a row before I want to sink through a trap door, but <laughs> I can watch a hundred different Heralds and they're going to be drastically different every time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, see, I was trying to come up with a good metaphor or comparison in my head, but it's just kind of like, uh, but yeah short form is very much um, a fast food meal right it's 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 getting it's getting something in really quick it could be excellent it could be it, it could be mediocre but at the at the end of the day you're just kind of like thrown out we're going for the next one because it doesn't really have as much of an impact and i've, and I've seen such um, some amazing short form uh improv and i love short form and i and i and i really do think that being good at both styles they complement each other and like being good at short form being able to get a get uh, a, being able to tell a narrative in a short amount of time and get across everything you need to get across in at most five minutes will make you better at doing long form and vice versa, right? Because understanding the important components that doing a good long form scene will make you better at short form. Because you, because it's it's storytelling, right? If you can do long form, you are understanding what goes into a story, what are the tropes, and what are the things we need to follow, and what are the rules that we need to break. But yeah, I, I'm like, I'm not undecided, but I, I think when it comes to when it, when it, when it, I think I prefer long form for the same reasons you prefer it. Um, but yeah, short form is just a lot of fun for me too, and I love the things that they that they bring in each out of each other.
1: Yeah. And, and I don't mean, I realize I'm sounding like a total improv snob right now. I love short form. <laughs> I value it. I think it's important. I think everybody should learn it. I think it is the easiest way for new gr- new groups of people to bond and find improv chemistry. And again, I love excellent short form. I can watch Whose Line for days at a time because they are phenomenal. Um, it's just, you know, like anything else, improv can have varying levels of quality. You could say it's McDonald's.
0: It's short form. <laughs> like it's 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 like some short form is mcdonald's and some short form is what is a high quality fast food but i'm not sure maybe chicken kitchen i
1: don't know yeah i, I really enjoy pollo tropical like they have yeah. really surprisingly good drive-through ribs shockingly good <laughs> so
0: so they, so they go long so long form. uh there are for short form there's pollo tropical and sometimes there's just McDonald's. yeah you
1: know what i feel like Short form is a drive-through burger or, you know, it can be very, very good or it can be terrible. I feel like long form is pizza. Even when it's not that good, it's still pretty good.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. Because you'll see people going into a long form scene and there's there's already a level of confidence that one needs to have to get into that. Um, especially for the ones that go for like 45 minutes to an hour.
1: Yeah, Uh, I feel like I can I can learn something and take something away from even a not so good long form and not so good short form. I'm just like, okay, is this how much time till this is over? (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's, 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 it's okay there's 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 someone off to the side with a stopwatch <laughs> they're, they're, yeah so that,
1: that's the upside they're... it actually is not much time until it's over <laughs> but i have also seen some really great short form that i really loved i did um some short form with unscrewed theater in a show not long ago and they're all pros and really know their stuff so it was a blast um and and really just Great outcomes, I think. So it, it can be, it can be a lot of fun. It can be done well. I do encourage everybody to learn it, study it, no short form, and come up with your own stuff. I think part of my frustration with short form is that it can, it feels much more formulaic than long form because there are more rules. And especially regionally, people tend to fall into doing the same game. So it can feel like you're watching the same show even with a different group, whereas long form is usually not going to do that. So I love seeing short form that I haven't seen before. That's very exciting to me. Even if it's not necessarily fantastic, if it's new, I'm still all in because I want to see where is this thing going. I want to be surprised. Yeah,
0: and then and and uh, short form. I mean, that's the reason why they did it for the shows, right? For the TV shows, just because it's more digestible for maybe the average person. And short short form doesn't have the freedom to get as crazy. We were talking about like hitting 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 those discomfort zones. It doesn't. There's not a lot of room to make someone to make people learn and grow and feel uncomfortable doing a short form. Whereas going to see a long form show feels like going to see, you know, perform like it's performance art, but like really abstract performance art ideas that can come through in a long form scene, that you need that twenty minutes for, that you need that thirty minutes for. Uh, I, th- I think we've gotten our point across where it's like, yeah, these are the things that make, <laughs> them, make them great and make and make people want to see them. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, I think this has been terrific. Uh, I'm really excited about this episode. I'm really excited about what people think of it when it comes out if people want to know more about you or follow you or see what you're up to where can they find you
1: so you can find me with the black improv alliance we are on facebook at facebook.com black improv alliance we're also on instagram as at Black Improv Alliance and our website you'll never guess is www.blackimprovalliance.com so you can find out more about our performances our programming if you want to find me on Facebook directly I am facebook.com slash word nerd and uh, oh our cash app and Venmo also Black Improv Alliance if you want to throw us a few dollars to support Black joy and performance so that's where you can find me
0: yes support black theater support theater in general support as many people who need it as possible um stephanie thank you so much this has been great and we're out thank you That's the episode, folks. That was a great one. I am still getting over it as we speak right now. Uh, once again, big thank you for Stephanie for coming on to the show. I can't ha- I can't wait to have her back on one day. And hopefully you guys want to, too. Just a thing to keep in mind, anybody can be on this show. Not too long after this episode comes out in official form on the website on, a, on InMyDefensePodcast.com, will be released for people to fill out. You just have to fill out your name, what you want to talk about, why you want to talk about it, and if you can get across exactly why you're so passionate and why you should have an hour to talk about something that you're passionate about, I will give it to you guys. I want you guys to come on the show. If you want to test out a new podcast idea, if you want to play a game, if you whatever you want to do, I am here to support you and I want to see you do it. Uh, For anyone who is interested in uh, following Stephanie or following the Black Improv Alliance, all those links that she mentioned are in the show notes right now just scroll down a little bit and you can find them uh remember to follow black improv alliance at on facebook on twitter on instagram remember to follow in my defense podcast uh you remember you can follow me at anti Cursive error on twitter and instagram uh you can also find information about the show at inmydefensepodcast.com you can send emails i want feedback let me know what you thought of the episode let me know what you thought about me let me know what you think about the show in general at inmydefensepodcast at gmail.com Once again, the music you heard on this episode was by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.io. We're coming up on the 10th episode. That means it's going to be my choice. If you want to see what that choice is, come on back next week and check us out.